This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! King Kong ain't got shit on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Say my name. And here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Grab your snacks, get your popcorn ready. It's about to get realish. I'm joined today by my esteemed co-host. On my left, of course, we've got the Podfather himself. The reason why we are all here today, my guy Derek Myers, and then of course the staple. You you would argue, uh, the the hottest man in the Great White North. We got <laughs> Matthew Torado. How's it going, you guys? That's good. <laughs> Great intro. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> I like really that. Good. Yeah, you give it very fresh. Takes, uh, man. The bla- they're blazing. Yeah. Um, doing doing real good, man, and um, doing even better. I'll get a chance to record yet another episode with you guys. Um, I think it's gonna be a good one going on store for yeah. for you guys today. It's definitely. Hell yeah. Another episode, another trilogy. We're going to be getting started today. Um, and this one, man, there's there's been a lot of hype, right? I've heard about these movies, but I've never sat down and watched them, obviously, before this. So I uh, was really excited to watch it. Our trilogy, our featured presentation for this week is uh, The Lord of the Rings. And of course, the very first one, The Fellowship of the Ring, is what we're going to be covering today. Um, there's so much to talk about, right? So many different places we can go with this. So I think it's kind of fitting that uh, we don't have anything else to talk about but this, right? Uh, there's a lot to cover. Um, so let's start in the land of the hobbits, right? Let's start with uh, Sir Dildo Baggins himself and, uh, <laughs> and and the transfer of the ring at the start. So um, I think it's important to mention, right? I think it's important to mention this is another film and I think it's fitting we're doing this right after Godfather that I feel is just way ahead of its time. Maybe I'm crazy for saying this, um, but visually and everything else uh, was really excited to get into this one. Um, how do you guys feel about sort of the exposition, the start of the story and how we're thrust right in the middle of what seems like a thousand year battle? Yeah, I think, well, firstly, um, so this is, not going to judge your point. I promise I will address it. But what I will say is I think after having watched the movie, I feel like Lord of the Rings benefited from releasing in a time where studios weren't really concerned about building franchises because I know it's kind of hypocritical to say because of what you know their Amazon is doing now with Rings of Power and them trying to make all these different spin-offs. But uh what I appreciate is how you know, for many years, the only, you know, uh, the only time we ever saw this universe was just in a trilogy. And I think that's what it made, made it so more special and how, you know, these films has managed to stand the test of time is not only from the visuals and the performances and the stories and everything, but simply because we didn't have, you know, to worry about oversaturation and all these different spinoffs of different characters and trying to explain away certain things that didn't have to be explained. Sometimes it's better to sort of tell an overarching story and i think you know chris to your point there's already been a lot of hype surrounding and i think that's you know mainly been been why and i think why people 
particularly Lord of the Rings fan, have been so protective of this franchise and um, and everything like that. So something I really appreciated about it, and obviously the craftsmanship that went into it, and then you know, obviously we start off with a huge exposition dump, um, as is expected. But I do think they um, deliver it very quickly. It's to the point. You know, I think it lasts what felt like only five minutes. Um, it, you really had a chance to see the scope of the battle between Sauron's army and obviously the armies of of the, you know Middle Earth. Um, and yeah, so I was definitely taken aback by sort of you know how intense everything was and even the visuals holding up as well. Um, this came out in, in 2001 and looks pristine. Um, you know, so yeah, I think um, visually it definitely is ahead of its time because there were especially watching this film as what came out, I think, in 2001. Um, mm-hmm. You can definitely, of course, see the green screen. You you know what which, what is green screen and what is not, right? But uh, it is ahead of its time. I think that, that was, while I was watching it, I was actually thinking about that, um, how this story would be if it were shot today. Um, and how how uh, I think more captivating it would be. Like I haven't watched um was it Rings of Power on Prime? I haven't watched it, so I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure visually it's is stunning as well. Um, but I can't really compare it to that because I don't really know what it looks like because I haven't seen it. But I can only imagine how much more they could do. You know, um, especially with Gollum. That Gollum is actually my favorite character <laughs> in this trilogy. So I'm I'm looking forward to to, to especially doing a deep dive and uh, uh, wow never mind pause I'm I'm looking forward to doing a a, a you know an extended study on that character. <laughs> Thank you. You we didn't have yeah. to mace you today, so that's that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, but but going back to the to the sort of the part that I wanted to intro the part that we wanted to get into um this yeah. sort of the transfer of the ring something that I thought uh, was really cool about that scene in general is kind of I think we as an audience sort of hold a, a nice kinship with Frodo because we're not ready for this shit like not, not none of us are, are ready for uh, what <laughs> we're about to embark on so you kind of feel for him in that way you're you're along for the ride with him. And obviously, um, one of my favorite parts of the movie, and it's going to sound like, whoa, like this was a kind of an unsig- insignificant moment, but mm-hmm. I think it means a lot, uh, was when the the ring itself sort of hit the floor and mm-hmm. um, the way that the weight of the the wing, uh, the wing, the ring, fucking Buffalo got me thinking about this. The, the weight of the ring is so heavy um, that it just went straight on the floor, right? There was no bounce, no, yeah. no turn, no <laughs> nothing like that. And um, I, I love that just be, because obviously it's so foreign from what we would see from a ring, right? So uh, mm-hmm. sort of really differentiates it from everything else. Uh, but also at the same time, sort of the the, the practicality of that, right? Um, from, from my understanding, uh, that was filmed with an actual uh, magnetic floor uh, so that when it does land, it has that exact effect. So that was, there's a real nice mix of sort of practical effects as well as obviously uh, utilizing the green screen that I thought execution wise, man, was just 10 out of 10. Well, yeah, because I think one of the, the biggest things that, uh, especially when you're looking at the characters all together, um, the, the 
of course you, they utilize CGI um, and and uh, doubles right for different shots, but the forced perspective um, for a lot of the shots when you're looking at Gandalf versus he's standing next to a hobbit, right? Like these are actually grown men, <laughs> and the way they shoot it, they make it seem they make it uh, feel as if Gandalf is this like huge figure standing next to you know a, a hobbit which is like crazy to think about um i don't think they ever really said how tall uh the hobbits are did they i would assume like four eight or something like that something like that yeah yeah it's it's i did find it very interesting that they walked around barefoot the whole time like that that you know the german folding me was screaming but yeah yeah, and I love the attention yeah. detail on that too. Like their feet yeah. are huge because huge. of it, right? Because yeah. that 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 is what happens, right? If we live a we live a we live a posh life here in the states with our goddamn sneakers, <laughs> um, I'm sure in another life our our feet will be two times the size. But uh, li- literally, uh, and I think a point. Obviously, Frodo already embarked on his journey with Pippi and all of all of the bros, right? And they're getting mm-hmm. towards the uh, what is it the pr- the prancing pony, um, and and the as they're pony. sort of approaching the town, <laughs> um, you you see the guard check the check the top, and nobody's there. So they close it, they check the bottom, and then he's finally able yeah. to see the hobbits. Um, I, I love that point just because, and many points throughout the film, right? But there's a lot of moments where you are made to understand off rip that things are a certain way in this universe. And um, everyone sort of abides by these rules, right? And and I think that's really cool to to be consistent in that um, and sort of show the difference, right? There's, yeah. it's expected that we're going to need the the smaller latch, right? Because there's a lot of small right. people in this universe. So uh, right. I thought that was a cool little detail. Running away from the ring wraiths as well. Um, how do you guys? I, I I know I'm jumping around a little here, but I have a question about the ring wraiths. How do you guys feel yeah. about their obviously their role right following these it kind of reminded me of that that meme of like oh would you take 20 million dollars but for the rest of the life you're you're getting chased by a snail kind of thing like kind of reminded me of that um how do you guys feel about the threat right of of what they are and what they can do um and and how that sort of pushed along the first half of the story yeah uh go ahead matt no i was going to mention say that like i think like knowing this is going to be a four hour long movie, um, you know, for me, it was safe to assume that they weren't in any immediate danger. So that part of me grew. But I think that what the film does a great job is even in, in the opening scene where the rays are sort of descending on Frodo and the rest of them, you know, very quickly, obviously, after uh, it was once after the ring was once used. And they're sort of hiding, like obviously hiding in the woods, and then Frodo has a temptation to use it with the voices coming. I, I I loved how the camera sort of focuses on them for a moment that really captures their reactions and then pans up and you sort of get an understanding that wow, like this is a very physical presence, and um you know that at any moment if they're if they're caught, obviously, then their journey ends. Um and by ends I mean they will die. Um and like um, so yeah, it's definitely something I think like the race as a whole weren't anything I felt like fearful about because I think in the end, you know, 
particularly in the first half of the first half of the movie, and once they were eventually defeated by Aragorn, I knew they were simply just an obstacle that you know they needed to overcome to progress. You know, so I wasn't you know like impressed by them, but at the same time, you sort of need to add stakes in the story. And you sort of need to find ways for your characters have to overcome certain things because that's ultimately why you get engaged in these stories, you know. Um, but I think just their design, um, especially their design, because I assume all of it was practical. And if there was any CGI used for them, I'd be very shocked because the way they were moving around looked human-like. So I'm assuming there were obviously just people wearing very impressive-looking costumes and obviously doing their thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I think they may have mixed uh, practical and CGI with that because um, there was a lot of a lot of parts of their movement that that seemed definitely like like it was uh, generated. But I, I think that I agree. Like they they looked phenomenal. They 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 definitely did. Um, I actually didn't think that they posed much of a threat either. Because uh, they're very limited. It's like I I would love to understand. I've seen the trilogy, but very much like when we when we watched the when we did the uh the breakdown for uh the Godfather trilogy, like I'm rewatching this without any you know understanding of what's going to happen because I haven't I haven't seen this in maybe like ten ten twelve years. So I I really don't remember much about the story. Um, but. I am looking forward to seeing if there was my, um if there is any um what the actual reason is for the limitation to the water because it's like once they got into the river they were you know they 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 couldn't chase them right and that was the one thing that I I kind of I found very interesting about them is that they could they could do almost anything um I mean, they even broke down a door to that village, to, uh, that door you were talking about, um, uh, and basically killed that guy. Like, I'm pretty sure there's no way that guy lived <laughs> from <laughs> from that uh, that accident. But um, I mean, they broke that door down. They they they're able to move around in a physical sense. So I wonder what their uh, limitation is to water. Um, that's the one thing I hope they actually expound upon, at least in the next film, um, because that one I didn't I didn't understand. Right, they're not actual. They're not like spirits, right? Well, they're they're actual beings. They're like they're physical. I think beings. they are. I think they are yeah. spirits. Even though, because oh, yeah. that one line that they're like they're not man, but they're not um, not man either. Like like I, I don't yeah, remember exactly yeah. what he said, they're, but they're yeah. part like I, I they're in the physical world, right? But they're so t- attached to that other world, right? Um, to this day, I don't even know what to call it, right? But uh, the ring. The, the ring world right once you get engaged maybe i'll maybe i'll understand how to disappear like that um yeah. but yeah i assume yeah. they exist they exist in the physical plane to some extent i would imagine um yeah but i i feel like most of their powers exist outside of it i mean even when and we're jumping ahead again but that moment where yeah. where frodo disappeared for a second in order to sort of preserve himself as he was um stabbed and sort of fighting that moment and then mm-hmm. you see them like sucking the ring off his hand, pause, um, and, and just like that motion, right? That like I, I'm sure nobody else saw that, right? Um, but you in the in the physical Earth world, 
they're seeing them have an interaction with nothing, right? Because Frodo has disappeared. Right. Um, right. But I, I think that's a, like a, a, an amalgamation of their powers. I brought it up because I did feel kind of same way you said, Matt, like very underwhelmed by them, especially after finishing the entire film. Um, it was kind of like, man, we were we were di- dipping and dodging for an hour there, creating this threat, and in reality, it wasn't really shit, right? Once we got past the yeah. that spot, we were out of the woods. Um, yeah, I wonder, and maybe this is just because we're not abreast of the lore, right? We're not people who read the books, right? So we, we maybe there's some information that we're missing there. Um, but I did kind of feel like, man, we just kind of threw away an hour there as far as, like, the threat, <laughs> creating the yeah. threat, and then yeah. the threat is just gone. Because um, I mean, one thing I didn't, one thing I didn't like about them though is that it was so easy to fight them. Like for for beings that are supposed to be this um, this big threat, like Aragorn. I mean, came came in flame with a, a, a torch and sword, you know, swinging, and and got got them all off which you know um pause i'm sorry <laughs> God, damn bro all right i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop i think it's me I, I... <laughs> man said he came in sword and torch swinging and got them all off bro there's no way like this there's no way bro. i feel like i'm the blame for this i, I think i'm the one who started all this pausing oh, and then this is you, guys, you guys took that you guys took it in or pause sorry you gotta take a pause oh uh, god damn i, love hey, man, it, I, I, I actually love it. i actually blame the office that's what she said jokes that have really just taken me you know yeah. to a whole other level yeah um yeah. yeah but that 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 is i'm sorry but the um <laughs> thank you they took back together uh the the fight the, the fight the sequence. Fact that he was yeah, the they were, the reason the 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 fact that he was able to fight them like that and defeat them so fast, um, uh, I think he even lit one on on fire. Like it's just it was so it was that that I hated that scene. I, I that scene I actually hated because there was nothing. And this is also again the time period in which it, which it came out. Um, a lot of fight scenes were like that too. Um. But that it just it felt like there was nothing to um, to desire from that scene, right? Like there there was a lot that I was just you know, like mm. that. If if I was the the, the director, I would have cut that because it just didn't to me it didn't add anything outside of the fact that Frodo got um, stabbed in the shoulder, which which led him, you know, to where they needed to go into the next stop. But um, I actually wanted to ask you something about Frodo though, because. The fact, and this, you know, kind of going to take a rewind a little bit, but the fact that he was chosen to take this ring to destroy it, right? Um, I found very interesting because he lived with Bilbo, right? Am I not? Am I tripping on that? He, he lived with Bilbo. So yeah. how is it that he did not know about this ring? How is it that he did not know about this ring and and not? I see... gathered that it was like the extent of it, not not knowing about it at all but the extent of okay it, that, that's okay. what i gather okay. yeah I, I wasn't the impression that um frodo was not aware of his existence if you notice um bilbo held it tight to his chest for, yeah. uh, for many many years and i think um felt that until he decided to leave 
Hobbleton? Hobbleton is the Hobbleton, right? That's the name of their sounds right. I'm not sure. Village. Um, I was gonna call it Hogwarts. So yeah, but uh, <laughs> but um, that he felt you know Frodo was sort of destined, um, yeah, you know, the to to bear the ring. But I have a question, and I'm glad you went back to the beginning there, Derek, because I'm. Have you guys watched the Hobbit trilogy by chance? Yes. No. Yeah. Okay, so there I know. I I, obviously, <laughs> so you did watch it. I watched it, but I do not remember. No, okay, so I was curious, like, out of what if if you can, like, out of what you can gather from watching it, is there anything in that film that justifies him leaving all of his baggage or imparting all of his baggage onto Frodo instead of? doing all of this himself. Because I feel like it's obviously a very self-centered decision, so I wasn't sure right. if there's anything that can explain why he would do that to someone significantly younger than him. And, you, you know, I just I felt that was very odd if he cares for Frodo to seemingly, right. you know. Well, that was my question as well, because I was wondering um, what why Frodo like Gandalf obviously mm-hmm. has the power, right? To to take it. But I guess he doesn't have the that this is what I'm kind of finding uh interesting is like Frodo is just a regular hobbit. Yeah. You know, I'm assuming pure of heart, which is why it's yeah. easy for him to not be swayed by the ring. Yeah. Like <clears throat> if that's the case, then I would also assume that Frodo or Sam, you know, are are Pip, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, around us are, are they're all the same of the same ilk, right? That that's what I would mm-hmm. assume based off their characters, because that's I I I just don't understand what's so special about Frodo. I mean, like he cool, he's cool, right? But he he's not, and this is something I was picking up again throughout the film is like. That boy was running like he was. Any chance he got, he had, he ran. He was not trying to put up a fight. He did. He was trying to go the path of the least resistance. Like I get it, but why is it that Gandalf, if he's such a pure-hearted person too, why is it that he wasn't as strong-willed as Frodo to carry the ring? Because we're we're talking about the the um. Uh, ooh, what were their names again? The black figures. The ring race. Uh, the ring rapes. Ring rapes. So we were talking about them being the real threat, right? Well, thinking up until that Early point, threat. they were the real threat. Early threats, right? But it was really like the people that were around Frodo that were the actual threat, which was revealed to Frodo. You know, um, that that it's not it's not what you're thinking the threat actually is. It's what you're not paying attention to is actually the threat. Right, like, and I think that that was the one, the one part that I found very interesting, uh, is that the, you have this whole fellowship around you, to to carry out this mission, but the ones that are supposed to help you get to where you're supposed to go are the ones that are really like, at the same time, like the biggest threat to your ability to get to the end of that destination. You know what I'm saying? And and that that was the one thing that I kind of found very interesting with this uh with this film um. Because I like really aside from 
Gandalf and the other hobbits, the only one you could really look at and, and think, um, well, the only two would be uh, uh, Aragorn and Legolas. I think that's how you pronounce his name. These, I, hey, look, if you're, if you're a diehard fan of, of Lord of the Rings, we are not going to pronounce a lot of these names correctly. They, these are some <laughs> hard, hard names. But you know who the hell we're talking about. <laughs> but those are those are the only guys that I think that you know were were pure as well. But you know, it seemed as if um, you know, everybody kind of has their ability to think selfishly about what this ring can do, right? Um, so it's like even as good as they are, they're still they were still like able to be turned. So, I, like, did you guys think that? Frodo was was the purest of them all, or like, did you not think that the other hobbits were on his level in terms of purity? Because Sam seems so pure to me, like to the point where it's it's even more hard pure. to believe. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, more pure. Like it, it seemed because Frodo put that ring on a lot. For someone that's not supposed to be putting this ring on, he put that ring on a lot. You know, and and, and kind of like in a selfish way too. To preserve preserve himself, right? Like I get it, mm-hmm. and being selfish not always a bad thing. But <laughs> he was he was on that ring on left and right, man, and and a lot mm-hmm. early. I, he put it on a lot earlier than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. Really good points, and I don't think these are yeah. questions that we ever are necessarily going to get an answer to, right? I feel like yeah, that's that's a real like. Between this and other series based off of books, right? Like, there's just so much, I would imagine, world building that they just cannot possibly fit, right? So, I think that's by design, though, especially with Frodo. Um, I think it's very obvious in his sort of demeanor, right? That even if he does, even if it is selfish reasons, it's still selfishness with the idea of the larger cause, right? It's not like Mm -hmm. he's... Um, throwing other people under the bus or anything like that. It's more so right. um, just to just to continue furthering the mission, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think that is another one of those moments where yeah, maybe we never get that answer outright, um, but it does cause us to question it, right? And I'm sure there is an answer to it, um, but I, I'm not one that I outright can point to. Uh, yeah. Matt, do you have a better answer than me? <laughs> I think uh, the hero's journey. This is the case of the hero's journey, right? Main character has, you know, has uh, himself a mentor. This mentor, in, mentor in this case, Gandalf, and obviously guides him along the way. Main hero has to is often depicted as the as the very best, walls and all. And I honestly, I don't think Frodo is really a character who has many noticeable flaws. Um, he's somebody who brings out the best in other people. He's somebody who, because of his, you know, personality, can obviously um, have, you know, are willing to to follow him. So I think that's really, it's just the kind of story that it is. <laughs> Honestly, um, you know, the, I think it was a clear effort on their part to make Frodo likable from the beginning, and obviously have this story be mostly from his perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so whether or not he's the peers, I just think that he just. The, Displays. I think the really the only confirmation we have is that he just displays, um, this sort of like unnatural resilience to the ring because most I think there's why like most would be swayed, um, 
you know, by those voices and obviously being tempted to sort of, you know, um, do as they please with it, you know, for, for, you know, for good or for bad, you know, so I just mm-hmm. sort of, I, I have no idea what I just said. I, I kind of just came up with that. Shit I, I love that we got honest. here though. But, no, um, you're good. That was um, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> I was gotta take a quick sip. Gonna say real quick, I <laughs> I feel like that brings up another good sort of moment, right? To 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 keep the thread going of the story. Um, perfect example of Frodo being him, so to speak, right? Uh, when they're me- finally meeting the Fellowship of the Ring, right? All these people had come together. Um, And everyone is sort of like arguing about, no, you can't be the one because of this, or you can't be the one because of that. And him just saying, all right, fuck it, I'll do it. Everyone just shut the fuck up. And to me, I found that like, I don't know, a little fucking weird. I don't don't know why. Me personally, I felt like that was a moment where it's obvious that they were establishing Frodo as that guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, But when you consider how he got there, right? The man's was dead. We didn't know. We don't know what happened after he passed out, right? We just wake up to the same thing he wakes up to. And we're just in this new place. And then somehow everyone that is basically on the council to save Earth has is like, nah, none of us can do this. And then he's like, nah, actually, I got this. And then everyone's like, you know what? You might be right. Like, I, I feel like there is a lot of, and maybe this is just us not being familiar with the books. Like, I feel like that could be the exact reason. Um, but I feel like there is a lot of moments in this film that you kind of just have to be along for the story with. Yeah. Um, as far as like, you're not a, given a chance to ask these questions because the answers don't exist. Like, you you yeah. you can ponder on them with your own thoughts, but at the end of the day, these things happen the way they happen, and obviously they wanted them to happen that way. Um, but me personally, I didn't like that. I didn't like that we ended up there after him almost becoming a wraith himself. That threat. Like, that's what, that's another great example of how they sort of undercut the ring wraiths because had that threat of his actual transition been more apparent to us, um, maybe we would be a little bit more afraid of them, right? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't like that moment of, hey, you you passed out, now you woke up, now everyone's here to save the world, let's figure this out. Like, it to me, it felt very much so like, damn, well, why the fuck? have we like same thing with the ring wraiths if if you could have fucked them up like that why have we been running bro like we've been tired for a couple <laughs> days already like i want yeah, my second yeah. supper um yeah so there is a lot of moments in this don't get me wrong although i love the sort of uh theatrics of it all and the way it looks visually and and all of that stuff is really good i think there is a lot of moments where it's like man logically i'm not sure i'm following you here but i'm along for the ride yeah because i think that like and I'm I'm still trying to figure out, and I don't know if this is just because I, I I like pay attention to things through like a logical lens or not, but I don't understand how Bilbo um had this ring for so long, and toward where we where we pick up his story, that's where he's all of a sudden starting to change a little bit right like what what what's the reason for him holding on to this ring for so long right because if he knows that this thing needs to be destroyed why would why didn't he destroy it and how come they wasn't chasing him and they weren't chasing him like i i'm not i'm not understanding what um 
the logical perspective is with Bilbo. Like, I'm confused with Bilbo Baggins, right? In, in fairness, it was explained that until uh, the ring bearer uses it, Saren would not be summoned, nor would his ring rings be able to detect him. So for years, up until the point where Bilbo disappeared at his birthday celebration, the scene after specifically showed, or I don't think it's the scene after, but a few, I think maybe a few scenes later where um, after uh, Gandalf and Trust Frodo uh, to leave with Sam, and then obviously there's a scene a little bit after that where he meets his friend Solomon, who's, a, who's obviously since been corrupted by Saren. So the idea was that until the ring has been in active use again, which it has been after that birthday celebration, Saren and his cronies, the cronies being the ring race, it's easier, easier to say that than two words, um, you know, would, wouldn't, you know, find, um, you know, the, the ring itself and then subsequently kill the person who, who's been using. So I, I felt I felt like it was, it was explained. I mean, you can argue it's a, it's a pretty cheap reason, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you think especially with his ability to sort of overtake people even when they're even when they're next to it um yeah like when what's it called when sean bean i forgot his character's name but uh, like when sean bean was like a few key moments in the film where he was sort of getting attracted to it things like that but you know i feel like what you guys are sort of um are criticizing and rightfully so is sort of like the explanation of it like it is a pretty cheap explanation to hindsight you know what i mean like it's just you have to wait until someone uses it you're telling me this powerful this is any typical ring that has to be activated once and then saren rises back from the dead instead of him technically living you know so anyways that's yeah. no that makes sense though because he bilbo wanted to basically uh fake his death or whatever it was like he wanted to disappear and be left alone like i get that aspect of his character but like you just said if this ring is able to have so much power by just being mere feet away from you how is it that he was able to have it so long without that taking place you know like i i I, that's because even before he disappeared like uh, Frodo even said to to Gandalf, like, Bilbo's been acting weird lately, you know, like, and 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 I would assume it's because of the ring, but I'm just trying to figure out like why, like, why then, why did it take place at that point in time, right? If he's had it for so long, that should that should have taken place a long time ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So and also too, like from what we know of later on of the ring how does he disappear and not keep the ring like where is he going like there's a whole lot of questions that yeah once again you're kind of just along for the ride right and you just yeah. become sort of accepting of these things um but i think that's an uh, issue in my opinion with the pacing of this film like there's times where it's like all right well this is what we're doing now <laughs> and, and you kind of yeah, have yeah, to yeah. just be with it right it, it's not like yeah. you it's not like a lot of loose ends are tied up in that way for sure yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, cause I feel like they resolved that, though, like, of why he didn't want to leave the ring, because Gandalf was already in, in his home. What do you mean, didn't want to leave the ring? 
So didn't you say like because like like or not didn't want to leave you know because in the beginning where like he wanted to leave you know with the ring originally and then Gandalf stopped him from doing so or even oh, before yeah. Yeah, no I was him? saying, Are you saying how like, does he disappear and teleport to this different land right without the ring that's what I that's what I meant like because you know how whatever oh, Frodo yeah. puts on the ring he disappears but he's it's because of the ring right so how does Bilbo disappear without Having you're talking about how does he go that's, to that's my get, get get the ribbon now? No, just how does he disappear in that moment? Like how, how does that happen? Right? Am I am I tripping? This happened, right? <laughs> he, he didn't teleport. So he just like he you're talking about after he put the ring on. He, oh, he didn't teleport. Yeah, that was just the ring falls. Am I tweaking? Am I bugging out here? I'm confused about the ring. The ring falling. You're talking about when Bilbo dropped the ring on the ground and then Gandalf was standing over it. Yeah, no, I'm kind of, I'm just gonna, I'm sure. I thought he disappeared in that moment, so he just walked out and I missed it. No, he, that, yeah, that yeah, he, yeah, he walked <laughs> okay. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I, I, I thought he just disappeared was like, from what I remember. Oh no, he just <clears> walked out and then he just took the trip to, to Rivendell. That's what I was. Gonna, that's what I was confused about because I, I was like, why would you like? How do you? Okay, I understand what your original question was. That makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, village sorry. people thought he just disappeared and he was gone, so mm-hmm. he was able to go back home and pack his stuff and yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I get his conclusion. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but actually, since since we're here, you know, criticizing um, you know, plot threads, so to speak, um, there is one that like it is kind of bothering me. I want to get your both of your perspectives on it. So I obviously haven't watched. Um, the other two movies yet, but I am aware. Oh, all of us are right because they explain the movie how, like, the, in order, the only place for the, the ring to be destroyed is the very place that made it, so Mount yeah. Mount Doom, right? And every single character knows where Mordor is, right? Like it's it it's proven to be on a map and a Miller Earth map, okay. Now there's a scene where Gandalf is in Rivendell, obviously like sitting like sitting next to to Frodo on the bed after he woke up from being like after he was even being stabbed, and he explains basically sort of like, you know, like why I didn't show up like right away, yada yada, and then cuts to him jumping on this like I think it was a Griffin, okay, mm-hmm. now. He can summon griffins, right? As this movie didn't explain limitations to his powers, okay? So why wouldn't he just summon a griffin and literally put Bilbo on it, mm-hmm. put him on it, and just fly to the to the volcano and drop it in? The rest of the movie would not exist if if he if Gandalf did that. And as much as I really, really love this movie, that plot hole bothers the living hell out of me. Yeah. And obviously, if you're Lord of the Rings fans, if you read the books and you're invested in the lore, you can correct you can correct me, any of us about what we're gonna you know share with us. But in the movie, there is no explanation as to why he cannot summon that bird again and fly to the mountain. 
because they know where it is. Like, they, right? I'm not tripping, right? Like, they, they specifically yeah. know where Mordor is, right? Yeah. Like, it's not right. Okay, good. That's what I was, you know what I mean. Like, I, I just like, I was so confused by that, and it bothered I was me. I'm like, about the same thing. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about the same <laughs> thing because it, it makes sense to just be able to take the ring and drop. Which again, is another reason why I think Gandalf could have just had the ring and taken the ring himself to destroy it. I don't see why why Frodo had to be the one to carry it. And y'all are walking. Y'all are walking. Mm-hmm. Like, that, no. No. Work smarter, not harder. You know what I'm saying? If you're able to just fly over and drop it, destroy it, story over, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. At, at least, Maybe it's because there wasn't partially. any more of those moths. Right, I didn't see yeah. any more of those moths. Right, that he spoke and to that... to get him to come through. Maybe that's why. Yeah, that that's another thing. Like, why is it the the moth was the key to this this beast? I feel like it, I took it in the moment, right? Because obviously there was an isolated insulin, from right, what right, I understand, right. right from that movie. Right. So I took it as he could speak life and purpose into things in general, right? So it's not mm-hmm. just the moths. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if we need a club with this pothole, uh, plot hole, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, like the the butterfly, it, it can summon it. Yeah, but then like, where did the butterfly come from? It just randomly because it looked like it just like specifically came to him. So who summoned it? Because if he can summon the butterfly that can summon the griffin, why wouldn't he then do that again? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't I, the only the only thing that would make sense is like starting off flying and then the thing gets shot and killed, like shoots them out of the air or whatever. Like that would make sense to me as to why they're they're walking from that point on, or riding horses from that point on or whatever. But I agree with you. I I don't I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Um, outside of it just being that's that's how that's the that's what pushes the story along, you know, yeah. to to be what it is. Um, because when you're looking at this movie from a logical perspective, logical perspective, it honestly doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> it does not make sense, and and that's and I, I know we're talking about a fairy tale type of story, right? We're talking about a movie that is is fictional. Um, this is this is not a real thing, you know. We we don't we don't have orcs. Which I would like to get to as well, but we don't have yep. these mystical creatures, right? Um, we don't have wizards, hobbits, or anything like that. But I can, I can, I can work with all that stuff if everything is built on logic. And this was not built on logic; it was just kind of like they glossed over a lot of things with this, and that that I have a problem with. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to the orcs. Actually, I feel like yeah, there's an interesting segue because um, if we're gonna say say something positive, I think I'm assuming again that all of the creatures were practical. Um, the orcs were practical, um, which is something I appreciate. Um, again, like it goes really show the craftsmanship and how he blended all you know practical sets and obviously CGI environments together. Um, it's something that I deeply appreciate, and I think 
isn't being utilized uh, a lot in in modern times. Um, so I forgot I'd, I'd get that out of the way. But yeah, when it comes to like the orcs, um, and obviously it looks like, um, oh, not even it looks like it's very much the case that he's essentially building Saren's army, right? He's simply, you know, yeah, literally birthing orcs out what look like to be like right he's birthing orcs right uh, like you know like the mud scene where like the orc like yeah. came out of it i interpret it as like he was just like creating them i guess and everything but um yeah i just think i don't know i, I really think that speaks to like to your point too Derek. is like out of all the creatures you can you know make why orc specifically maybe that's an unfair question because you could technically make the argument for anything like why would you have you know but i don't know i just like what makes them so special or intimidating compared to i have watched the other two movies you know what i mean obviously they can be this you know crazy threat obviously but um i don't know i just didn't really like get a big impression on them yeah, no, I found it interesting that the orcs are actually, for lack of a better of terms, like the fallen angels, right? Like they're they're elves that have given in to the dark side, basically. And mm-hmm. like, I like the transformation of them and everything like that. I don't understand growing an orc. That I don't get. I mean, yeah. they built a super orc, right? Like. <laughs> that basically uh that's basically what they, they, they had and I, I'm seeing again it must be you you might be able to just excuse it by by saying magic um but the thing I didn't understand about that one was like they grew him and then all of a sudden he understood language and was able to <laughs> speak what what like that is what threw me off even more than just growing them out like like you know out of these little these little mud pods like that yeah that's that's that was what threw me off because he immediately knew who to go after and who to you know uh find um but then he was taken out pretty easily like i don't that's the thing i'm not understanding like why is it that um that the the seemingly uh bad characters are able to be defeated so fast it almost feels like um like a, a 90s video game you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you just know you press certain combos and then they're done like it's just yeah it, i want more fight <laughs> yeah it reminded me of um <laughs> this is like the weirdest comparison um if you're, if you're not in an anime but like there's an anime called hunter x hunter and there is like an arc where um they were like basically growing monsters or whatever and that's what it reminded me of and they did that exact same thing Barrick, where they like as soon as they got outside like the pod or whatever they would like be able to speak like right away you know so that's what it reminded me of and i found it funny but they had like it's like a whole thing they like that had a better explanation than than this kind of you know, because it's not really implied that there's, unless I'm forgetting, it was a three hour long movie, so I apologize if I forgot <laughs> anything, but 
Um, I was under the impression that there was like um, like a queen of like a hive mind or something, yeah. right? It was just okay. they were being grown, right? Yeah, there wasn't like Basically. a scene or anything like that. Basically. Yeah, because else it was that like, you know what I mean? And then it's like connected to like something, and then that's why they're sort of able to like blurt out words. But yeah, you know, good yeah, point on that. Was a on, great... on the Elves though. It was like a great contingent of them that already existed too, right? Like it's not like they just yeah. were yeah. so forged just for this. I think that just with the way that they showed them as well, although we never got confirmation of like a queen or a king, right? But they seem to have a, a hive mind in the way that once they had this task, so to speak, all the trees go down and then next, 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 right? So um I, that's an interesting thing to keep the eye, uh, eye on for the next two for sure. Um, but I think there's something to it. Like I feel like the orcs in general, um, they're very much cohesive and work together in a way that uh, explains away some of those things. Um, but yeah, being formed immediately with the capability of understanding is is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just chalking at the magic because I like at this point, there's like I am going to cut this trilogy apart if I'm really just sitting here thinking about it in, in logical uh, standards. Um, so I guess you had to talk about the magic. I, I, yeah. I have nothing else you could do about that, but um, I, I like what were your thoughts on the elves, though? Because we're, we're seeing the power of the orcs, right? But like the power of, of, of the elves together I thought I thought was pretty interesting. Um, because it seems like they wanted nothing to do with <laughs> with any of this. Get out of our 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 you know our home and and go about your business. Don't bring that evil here, type of thing, right? Um, but I, like, what did what did you think about about their dynamic and like what they're going to end up bringing to the to the trilogy moving forward or to the story moving forward i thought they were clearly the 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 light energy so to speak right like they are yeah. the good side right and there's yeah. no dispute on that i mean just from the way they washed away the wraiths right that whole scene i tr i attributed that originally i was like maybe it's just a her thing right maybe she's just strong mm -hmm. enough to do something like that um, as the movie went on, I started to feel like, nah, this is just how they are. It feels like they kind of, once they saw the way this went down last time, they kind of sealed themselves off, right, to a certain extent, even yeah. though obviously people still coexist, um, but it's the understanding of we are on this side of the war, so to speak, and yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to yeah. continue to move so accordingly. So I think they'll always be that, um, but I think with that comes an interesting dynamic, too, of like, yeah, we think we're right, right? But and we want to be on the right side of things, right? Um, but uh, th yeah, there's some interesting ways they could sort of play on that thread uh, moving forward. But um, I think traditionally elves have always been seen as people who sort of, whether morally or or di or or any other standard you want to look at it, like they're on the the right side of things, and they'll sort of remove themselves from the situation um, in order to stay on the right side of things, right? So um, I'm interested to see uh, how they continue to coexist too and whether or not that's normal. Because I don't think that's something that was established either, like whether or not yeah. even interactions with um, hobbits are something that happens often, right? Or, or things right. like that. So 
I'm interested to to see more on that in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what I found very interesting, um, because it, it it got you saw it with Gandalf early in the film, but like when they got to the elves, um, you could see that like the most powerful beings in this in this uh, in the story, um, are actually like in some ways like the weakest because they're they're like they want nothing to do with this ring because they know how powerful they are and how it's going to end up the ring is going to end up kind of like flipping them to be uh using that power for a multitude of ways that they didn't want to utilize it in and i i find that very interesting right it's almost like the more power you have the weaker you are right and and I'm looking forward to seeing how that trickles down into the other uh, uh, the rest of the story because I'm 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 just interested in seeing who the who the powerful ones are that will actually succumb succumb to that uh, desire right and that was what ended up ends up destroying them I'm looking that's what I'm actually looking forward to the most yeah. with the rest of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. absolute power corrupts absolutely matt how do you feel yeah. about this tap in yeah i think like i love the contrast between um the elf factions um i just think like it's very interesting to sort of see their diet like the the factions dynamics with these characters and how you sort of see one that's very trusting the other sort of has their sort of reluctance to really um what's the word like sort of assist Frodo um and them as well. So I think that was really cool to see. And then um knowing a bit of what I know, I, I imagine that they're gonna play sort of a huge a huge part in some upcoming battles or an upcoming battle. Um, you know, particularly with the third film. Um I haven't like like I said, I didn't spoil myself, obviously, or anything like that. I, I just noticed scenes in the past, and so I'm sort of excited to see um, sort of what they contribute moving forward um, and things like that. Um, but then something that I also wanted to mention, too, was I love how they have their own language. Um, and I'm assuming that it was yes. designed. I'm assuming Tolkien is, is responsible, but I, I do. And if it wasn't, maybe Peter Jackson... And his team sort of created a special language for the film. I thought that was um, pretty nice to see. And obviously Aragorn having a connection because I think he had a past lover. Or I think Liv, Liv Tyler's character was his past lover. Or at least that's the way I interpreted it. Um, and anyway, it was really cool to see how they're they're not just another species or just another, you know, um, group, right? I mean, they're... They have their own independent societies with their own language with their own language and yes they're all powerful but you know and while yes some can be you know not very forthcoming there are definitely plenty of others who you know for the good of everything you know are willing to step up and obviously um you know sac- potentially sacrifice themselves for the for the sake of middle earth you know so i think um it's pretty going to be pretty exciting to see what they do moving forward i feel yeah, yeah. What what were y'all's uh favorite parts of 
of this first film, whether it was the character, um, story progression, or obstacle. What were like your favorite elements to this? I think for me, the entire mind sequence. Um, I think yeah. music wise, um, oh that was the word visual effect wise. And then I think sort of the obstacles you're leading to. I think obviously there's a bit of like plot convenience, right? Of how not, I think I think it was Pippin who, um, well first of all it was the the dwarf obviously is with them and obviously seeing him react to all of his people being slaughtered um, by orcs. It was very devastating to see, and obviously once we reached that chamber. Um, which I was kind of a bit confused by. I'm assuming that was a coffin, right? Was that a coffin? Yeah. Because they said like here lied, such and such. Yeah. Um, and obviously again, this sort of see his reaction. I think it really sort of communicates how, you know, again I wasn't like outright impressed with the orcs, but I think it's unfair for me not to bring up this point. I do think that it at least alludes to, uh, how much of a threat they can be, mm-hmm. to Middle Earth. You know, especially moving forward with these two films, um, but so obviously the in any case, sorry. So like the setup to like the main conflict, obviously the orc swarming in with the with the cave troll, and then obviously them sort of rushing down this massive staircase. Obviously Pippin ends up knocking down that freaking bucket and then summons everybody yada yada. But like I think the execution of everything was done very well. The only part I didn't really like about it was when, um. Like, obviously, Frodo is kind of avoiding, like, the cave troll and it ends up getting stabbed by it. But then Peter does this really weird choice to, like, have this weird, like, shaky cam and then have, like, this dramatic, like, scream when yeah. I think we all know Frodo isn't going to die. Like, I don't know why you're making it. You know what I mean? I think the execution of it yeah. could have literally just been he instantly falls down. And they sort of had the process like, oh wow, like that happened like very suddenly, and then make the reveal that obviously he protected himself with that armor underneath. So, um, and then obviously, so that was like my only main criticism of it. And then obviously Gandalf sacrificing himself, um, you know, was I think pretty much to be expected. Um, but I do think again we did talk about logic for this movie being. A bit of a problem at times. I think realistically, since we all know, like the like the the power of the spirit and whether or not it can sort of exist outside the mind or follow them outside the mind, I think it made sense for Gandalf to sort of stay behind and ensure that you know it would be you know defeated um, and everything. So yeah, great sequence overall. Probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's kind of a respectfully kind of a cop out to pick anything in the last hour like that was the fucking bomb of the movie right that was the best parts for sure um i'm gonna say the the war between wizards right at the start between gandalf and uh the evil guy i don't know his name but um i think that was a really good way to establish their power right and what makes them different on top of us being able to see that that this person that we know as being the the one that's kind of running shit um can get mm. fucked up there is opposition to him out there 
Um, and then obviously he lost, right? So he ends up getting away and, and disappearing, but he doesn't have a staff anymore. And, and the way that all played out, right? Like the, the moments in between the fight scene, the way the camera was moving and the way the actors sort of interact with the way the camera's moving. I thought that was just done really well. Um, really kind of makes you feel like you're there. Um, even though it, it was clear it was only the two of them in the room. And just that the, the scenery, too. Like, that looks so dope. From all the nerdy um, wizard towers I've seen in different video games, like, that, it, that's, a, that's a dope wizard's tower for sure. Yeah. No, they, they really fought like old men, too. Like, <laughs> they, they really fought like old men. I think um, I'm, I mean, just based off of this first film, I I wanna say like Sam was probably like my favorite part of it. Cause it's like, you know, you're you're you found someone that is loyal to you and is willing to I mean this dude was willing to, to drown, didn't even know how to swim, was willing to drown to prove his, his loyalty to Frodo toward the end, right? And I think that um to me that speaks volumes about his character, which is why again I am so confused as to why his character wasn't chosen to be the one that that carried that ring, right? Um, I, I, I think I liked that scene where they were battling the orcs up until the super orc got killed, because he got dismantled pretty quick. Like it, there was there was nothing. For him, I, I thought that scene was pretty uh, was pretty um, interesting in terms of the way that it was chaotic and um, you know you you felt like you were a part of that scene as well, where it's just like you know it's all this chaos going on around you and trying to hide like Frodo was trying to hide and things like that, but again ran it ran again, you know. Um, I don't know. I think I have a love hate relationship with Frodo. It's something about someone that's just not willing to like fight as much as everybody else. Like it seemed as every as if everybody else was willing to put everything on the line to protect him, and he was just like, you know, just there, almost like you know, you can do a group project and you just had a one person in a group that doesn't want that doesn't want to carry their weight, but they want to brag about the grade. Like that's what that's how I felt about Frodo. You know, um, so I don't know. I think Sam Wise to me, Sam Wise is 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 a lot better. I like I like him. He's like he's an underdog, um, even more than Frodo. I think um, the the guy that you don't look at, you count him out so fast. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing his development, um, because I think that he'll he'll be one of those characters that, um, and again, I don't remember what happens with the story. But I think he'll be one of those characters that you look into as as the story progresses and you see how resilient he becomes. And it's like he's just as important as Frodo. You know? So I'm looking forward to seeing what where where that takes us for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Um whew. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think uh, unsung hero from this first film that I think deserves mentioning is Boromir, obviously uh, a martyr, right, for the cause. Um, 
Sean Bean. I mean, he got a meme out of it, right? Uh, one yes. one does not simply. Uh, so <laughs> that, that, I, once that moment hit, it was kind of like, oh, oh, I felt like that. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, right? The meme universe here. I felt like that Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I see yeah. it. I see it. I know it. Um, but obviously, just his character in general. Um, I like the way that he's kind of like almost like a pretentious dick, especially towards the beginning when you first meet him. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah. later on, you tr truly see kind of courage that he has, right? What he's willing to do. Um, and a funny side note that I thought was pretty cool about uh, Sean as well, his obviously the actor. Um, for a lot of those snowy mountain scenes, they ended up getting flown up, right, in a helicopter. And he was petrified of flying and wouldn't do it unless absolutely necessary. So apparently they would be there sort of waiting for two hours as he climbed the base of the mountain by himself <laughs> in character, like fully in the clothing and everything. So they'll wow. be in the helicopter seeing him the entire time as they head to the top. So I found that pretty hilarious. But I also feel like that's kind of like a method actor thing to do. I don't know if that was... Yeah. The reason, right? What he was scared of, of flying, and that was the actual reason. But um, just feels like willing to do whatever needs to do for the cause, even if he doesn't necessarily agree with it. So uh, that's my unsung hero. Uh, but obviously, I don't know if these people are actually dead, right? He could come back in the next movie, and I look like a fool. But we are led to believe he is dead. There's a lot of cliffhangers in this movie too. So yeah. um, obviously, a lot to look forward to for the next two. Yeah. yeah. If I can just say one last thing. Um, Another thing, only one other thing that bothered me. So, um, Aragorn obviously um, can speak, um, um, oh my goodness, the elf, the elf language. And you remember right before they enter the mines, like Frodo says, oh, it's a riddle. And it's like all the language up top. And then before that, like Gandalf was trying to say all these passwords. So you're telling me that he just didn't look up and saw those letters plastered yeah. or like call anybody over and say, hey, listen, like, I don't know what that is. You know what that translates to? And then, yeah. I, this... Did you guys get that riddle? Like when when Gennaf was reading it the first time, did you did you get that? Honestly, I thought it was pretty obvious. <laughs> when, I thought when it was said too. It. Yeah. Yes, I I thought it was too, and I found that that's what I found very interesting. Like, you're this this wise old wizard, and you can't even pick up on that. Like, <laughs> I'm I was so thrown, I was so thrown with some of this stuff, man, because like, no one even just guessed until Frodo guessed just had the right guess. answer, right? It like, we should have got at least right? one. At least one failed guess beforehand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you call him Sam Wise, right? Like, why doesn't Sam think of that? So, someone else can like, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. That that that, I think if you're talking about like a, a scene that felt like a waste to me, that one did, because that did that. I don't I don't think that did anything to uh, progress the story, right? I think we could have done without that for sure. Um, In the four hour extended. You know what? That's probably what they added. No, no, because Chris didn't watch the extended one. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I ain't tuning I in. I ain't tuning in for that. No, thank you, sir. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they added the camera <laughs> shot to pan over. Nice little 15 second yeah. add on of them on the river. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, that that whole thing just I, that felt like a waste of the scene, a waste of the scene to me. Um, mm -hmm. 
because uh, that did, that just doesn't add up. But I'm hoping, I'm praying <laughs> that the further we get into the story, there are less, there are fewer moments like this. Yeah. Um, because I, I really, I think that the movie, like visually, is brilliant. Um, yeah. Peter Jackson has a, has does a great job with um, with uh, visual effects and with you know with direction and everything like that. Um, the progression of the story I felt was 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 pretty good for, especially for the extended version of the movie. Oh my god! Yeah, I, the progression was 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 just fine. Um, uh, I just that that whole thing like dealing in logic is one of the things that I hope that they kind of lean into a little more. Like you can do fiction stories that are logical, right? That that that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Batman isn't real, but there's logic within the story, right? Like that, and that that's kind of like what I'm hoping to 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 see uh, from this moving forward. Great shouts! I think it's a no better time than now for us to go to the most important part of these breakdowns: our star ratings. Um, so I'm gonna have Matt lead us off here, right? Because. As I mentioned earlier, this man got the hottest takes in the Great White North, so it's only it's only right that we start with your grade and and sort of uh, adjust ours accordingly. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like after watching this movie, like I think I think like you guys know, have you guys watched Avatar: Last Airbender, the movie? No. How dare you bring that abomination? I was gonna say I think that movie's better than Lord of the Rings, bro. Wow. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm fucking with you guys. I was about to um, say, I, I was say, I've heard bad things about that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Only um, bad things, yeah. Yeah, this, you know, uh, to the point, four out of five stars. I just think that the some of the logical elements kind of bothered me. Um, but I do think that, with, you know, once we wrap up the trilogy, maybe some, some parts will make more sense. Um, but as films, like as the film stands, you know, I, I think relying on other movies to fix problems in one movie isn't a good thing, in, in my opinion, right? I think it's unfair to say that it's because, you, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, the problems that I have still exist, but like I said, I mean, I think. Everything I expected from a theatric standpoint lived up to the hype. I think characters were done very, very well. Some of the threats were kind of underwhelming um, and were beaten very easily. But I think, you know, this is just a, a really great hero's journey story uh, with a lot of wholesome moments, a lot of emotional moments, a, lot of, a bit of action. I say a bit because it definitely didn't feel like there's a, a ton in there, but um, I did appreciate some of the quieter moments more than the louder ones. So yeah, that's my that's my review. That's a great shout. I'll let you go last, Derek. I think this might be a hot take, right? I might get some shit for this. Um, I think this is a really great movie for a lot of reasons, uh, but I'm going to give it three stars, I think, considering how the scales, right? We we started this scale at a very high sp spot with The Godfather, and I 
Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this movie. I'm interested. I'm willing to to continue forward and looking forward to getting some questions answered with two and three. I just feel like from a movie perspective, I really don't like feeling like, and this is has to be a book thing, right? But I just feel like I am so far removed from understanding the scope of it <laughs> if that makes sense um yep. that a lot of the times i find myself compromising right and being like oh well it makes sense because of this or this this kind of explains this so i'll allow it right um mm-hmm. i i think there is a little bit to be desired in those ways visually and otherwise like i have no issues with this film i think this film is really ahead of its time and does a lot of things really well um, but as someone who wasn't a fan coming in, right, I'm still invested. I'm still a fan. Um, but I don't think this first movie has sold me just yet. I think it's a lot of um, almost like a magician's trick, right? Like there's everything telling you to look right here. I haven't gotten the actually it's here moment yet. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, three three stars is still solid on my scale. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go three stars as well. I, I think that the the movie again is visually appealing. Um, uh, there's there's a lot going on, but I I can't I just can't get I can't get over the lack of logic um, within within this world right now. So I'm giving it a three. Uh, and the funny thing is, I own this trilogy on blu-ray so you know like i think it's like i think the trilogy together is like is is really good i just like watching this when i did watch it verse versus now i i just something about it just i i get annoyed a little bit thinking about this movie um because it doesn't uh it doesn't feel like i it it doesn't feel tangible to me. That's that's probably the best way to put it. It doesn't feel like like I can uh, do a deep dive into this world yet. Like I feel like I'm just kind of like sitting there and and, and waiting for uh, something else to to pull me in. I don't feel like I'm pulled into the world yet. So I'm hoping that changes because I really um, I liked uh, I like what I saw. I like what I saw. I just I, I, I want I want more to happen to make me feel like I'm watching something that I'm a part of. So Oof, I'm yeah. glad I'm not alone, Matt. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you do you feel that I was we, surprised, I was surprised actually. I think like and I was thinking I was thinking about this and this is the last point um I want to raise is that like I think the the ring rapes I think are more I'm fine with them because they serve their purpose in the story, right? Mm-hmm. I think if they were the core threat and they were easily defeated, and then I, again, I haven't watched two or three, but they made a return or whatever, and then you know, like Saren was just more of a more of a figure, you know, you know what I mean? Like you know how like some movie they had that plot just were like it's not a person, it's like we're all Saren or like oh, yeah. like a, like a stupid thing like yeah. that. If it was that, then it'd be like, okay, uh, like you're gonna get beaten. But I'm assuming that's not gonna be the case, and that Sarah's actually gonna be, you know, this a threat. And obviously, it's 
with how the film ended this obviously building up to a very climactic battle um but they're they're obviously the original humans who were given rings right yeah and their purpose outside of obviously being an obstacle for frodo is to represent greed and sort of you know the very worst of what humanity has to offer you know and so it makes sense that even though they don't have a humanly appearance they still behave humanly and they can be defeated just like any other human right mm. so i feel like it's very easy to explain why that was the case um and honestly in hindsight like those were really the only three the only three logical things the pinpoint was how easily they were defeated which i kind of just explained the whole riddle scene waste of time i really don't think we can any of us can really come up with an excuse for that it was just pal the runtime we have a huge budget uh, we can afford it and then the the only other scene was just like the bird and why he, he couldn't fly it to the mountain like that that one alone could probably ruin the experience because like okay i'm about to sit through an entire trilogy and not have them just arrive to the you know volcano or mountain sooner you know but yeah i don't know i just don't think that like the the movie has any like glaring issues you know like i ought to rewatch this movie again which will probably be in like 20 years but if i choose to do so then i don't think i'll really have much of a problem with anything it was just a couple of things here and there that you know does it is doesn't make the masterpiece that people suggest in my opinion um you know i just don't think it's mediocre i don't think it's 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 good i think it's actually a great movie in many respects um who knows? Maybe it'll change in in a few years when I, if I choose to rewatch it, and you know that's the beauty of the podcast. Go ahead and give our thoughts, you know, sure. and then give a hot take. I feel like I give you know for once uh, I was I was calm and collective, you know. I didn't uh, <laughs> didn't didn't go off or anything. So yeah, yeah. got that going for it, you know. Trying to do better, yeah. anger management. <laughs> no, not at all. I think I think it's good yeah. that you that we all feel a little bit different about this right um yeah and i think it's legitimate concerns but also i i do see a, a world right where 14 year old me watches this and absolutely loves it right and i'm fully along yes. for the ride right but i i think yes. once again this is me being a filmmaker tainting my life uh but yep, once yep, again yep. um you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad right uh so i think awesome awesome show you guys this was really fun to do i can't believe we went this deep just on the the movie itself right so uh please let the people pause. know where they can find you whoa right, how yeah. was that a pause how how in in in, in the beginning but anyways oh, okay. you, you, you was late then brother you showed up late uh but yes please uh show the people where they can find you let them know yes so uh, i'll start off matt underscore t29 over on instagram um as always thank you so much for your support i love doing this um uh, very much looking forward to wrapping up this trilogy and yeah appreciate you guys and of course love my boys over here too uh okay um you can follow me at derek underscore ots uh but um please more importantly follow the brand ots media uh co all social media platforms uh, ots media on youtube uh, hit that like button, uh, subscribe, notification bell as well. Um, and if you have not done so yet, follow OTS on Threads, man. If you have not created your Threads account, 
uh, uh, do so. Give the brand a follow. Um, I think you'll you'll find it to be a lot more fun to follow OTS on Threads, um, <laughs> because of the fact that you know it, it will showcase a lot of personality on there with just interactions. Um, so you get the news updates, uh, you get the 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 promo clips, all that stuff. But you get a little spice in it as well. It's like it's like like almost like the Wendy's uh account on Twitter. So if you haven't uh, uh done so, give that a follow. Have some fun with it, and uh, let let us know what you guys uh think. You know, so thank you for your support. Love to hear that. I need to get on Threads for sure. I've been getting a lot of requests, and I'm like, man. Yeah, shit, I I ain't even I, I skipped a couple social medias along the way. I don't know if I'll even take yeah. up on this, but yeah, Twitter is an absolute cesspool right now, so I might have to make make the switch for sure. Uh, for now, you can find me at Negron MMA on Twitter as well as Chris Negron underscore on Instagram. Um, slowly making the climb up to six hundred. That's the goal right now. So please continue wow. to run it up. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Yes, uh, but grateful nonetheless. The the interaction the um, the the views, honestly, not to say it like that, but just the support has been felt for sure. And we're looking to build on it, right? We want to make this show more interactive. So let your voice be heard. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you're interested in and we'll continue in that direction. So thank you all for tuning in. This is another awesome episode of Realish. Can't wait for the second part. Uh, we'll catch you guys then. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.